On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, Anatomy of a Trade Lock, and so basically, um, in preparation for the upcoming episode where I'm going to go over the command center, because the command center for the Trinity system itself includes a trade log very similar to this one, and um, I figured it'd be useful to have this as a separate episode because you may want to use this trade log or something similar for other strategies, not necessarily for you know Theta Engine. And so, uh, once again, to find this template, I uh, mentioned this before, go ahead and go to the, the trading page at www.thetradebusters.com and make sure you're using your computer. And at the bottom, uh, there's multiple tabs, one of them which is labeled trade log template. Now, I want to point out that this trade log uh, right now is quite similar to the one I'm posting for our positions and uh, closed trades for the Theta Engine, for the Bomb Shelter. Uh, there may be some differences because this trade lock itself has evolved over time. And one thing to also take note of is I want to, you know, I'm showing you this to kind of give you an idea of the way I like to log my trades. But you know, this is not meant to be something, you know, where you have to use it exactly. Obviously, it's a template here for you to use. Know, but if you want to add your own bells and whistles, there's different metrics you want to track. You know, obviously you're welcome to do so. But I think, at the very least, this will give you an, an idea of how to start one, um, at least so you're not starting from scratch. And then just looking at some of the formulas I use, hopefully that can uh, give you some ideas of how to make your own. So first, we're gonna go over uh, just the general layout of the trade log itself. I'll go over what each category is that I'm logging here and then the, the high-level metrics at the top. And then we'll dive into a little bit into the actual formulas. So one thing I want to point out is you'll see that um, the actual data, which is the trades, you know, it starts around row 8. I have a number of rows here for uh, that are static and I freeze the pane so you can kind of scroll up and down where at the top it doesn't move. So there's the trade metrics at the top and then there's a row that uh, kind of labels what each column is. And one thing I want to point out right from the get-go is notice that there are no breaks in the rows of data, right? Each trade is on a single line and, you know, they're all adjacent. And, you know, in the past, and, you know, you may have done this yourself, right, where you're using, uh, and this is, you know, Google Sheets, so it's kind of an Excel format, but you may have done something where, you know, kind of just for layout purposes or for aesthetics or com for convenience or if you're trying to kind of separate different trades where you might have uh, put trades with spacings between, for example, you're almost kind of using like a physical layout to physically delineate between different trades because it's easier to sort. This is very much right now the way I have it with no spaces, right? I've, I've kind of evolved to do it this way. This is very much like a database because you want this data to be in a very consistent format because that lets you go back later on and be able to parse out and aggregate different metrics. So it's very important that you keep this format where there's no spacings. You know, if you need to do something to separate or make it easy or visually appearing, you can highlight them and do colors. But what's important, again, is that this is kind of like a database format where it's very consistent rows with no breaks and one line of data and all the data is consistent. So over here, you know, I'm just going to go from left to right from column A to T. You know, there's the underlying, which is, you know, self-evident self what that is. Uh, trade, I've labeled this as just 
I just have puts here, but obviously you can put puts or calls or whatever it is. You know, there's a strike. Um, I have a pound sign here, column D. Uh, and right now it's just all ones. This is actually, you know, I call it a, a, in a, a trade occurrence flag. Sometimes if I'm debugging, if I want to look at different subsets, I have certain metrics that only uh, aggregate uh, data if that particular column has a one, right? If I want to turn off a trade, I can put a zero in there. I don't know if I'm using that for anything now, but it's just an artifact from before, so I've left it. Um, column E lot, this is, you know, lot size, contract size, you know, trade date, expiration date, closing date, that's all pretty obvious. Uh, credit is how much I've collected per contract, and total credit is just credit times contract size. Um, cost to close, you know, which is what you exited for. There's the trade PNL, which is the individual PNL for that particular trade. Um, then I have a column, and these are sort of summations or cumulative totals. There's a sigma symbol. Um, so cumulative credit, and this accumulates all of the credit you've received. Ultimately, this will be used kind of as a sanity check um, to check against your total credit received for the kind of the PCR calculation. And then there's an aggregation for the PNL. Um, before I go on, one thing I want you to notice, right now on the template, I have listed these trades in reverse chronological order, meaning the, the newest trades are at the top, right? The oldest trades are at the bottom. You can do it uh, the other way, where you can just have the newest trades at the bottom, right? Just go down and add a trade at the bottom. The reason I've done reverse chronological order is because I tend to have a lot of occurrences, so I don't want to scroll down every time. And I'll show you how to insert new trades so that um, you can have the newest trade at the top. So column L is the, sorry, column M is cumulative credit received. Column N is cumulative PNL. And again, we're going to go over the formulas in a little bit here. Uh, column O is the cumulative premium capture. I don't think I've used this on my other logs anymore, but it was just a way to track the premium capture over time. It's not really that useful. Uh, same thing with column P. This is just the difference in premium capture. It's just literally taking the difference of the cumulative line for every single trade. Um, not too big, not too important. It just tells you how much it's each trade is, is contributing to the overall premium capture. Um, there's DTE of the trades. Um, this is at entry. So if I entered at 45 or 50, whatever it is. That's a static number. Uh, same with DIT. This is just how long you were in the trade. And then column S, I have PNL per day. And column T is the PNL multiple. And this is useful because it's normalized and it is just taking the PNL of the trade and dividing by the credit received. So if you had a 60% profit take, it'd be 0 0.6. If you stopped out at 200%, it'd be like negative two. Right. And this is useful because if you're, for whatever reason, sizing your trades up and down over time, uh, you can graph or track the multiples rather than the dollar amounts because the PL multiples normalize. So you can be like, okay, so um, if I were to run this strategy at a consistent size, you know, I'd be up 10 multiples or I'd be down five multiples or whatever it is, right? But it's normalized. Um, so before we dive into the formulas, I'm going to go and look at the metrics at the very top. So in these labels, performance, trade metrics, these are just kind of arbitrary things I've done. 
um, you're you're free to name different things or or label them differently depending on how you interpret these. So total PNL is pretty obvious. This is just um, the summation of all the PNL across all trades. If you click on it, you'll see it's just sum and it's you know column L, right? Um, premium capture. This is total premium collected. Uh, sorry, total PNL over total premium collected. Right, so you can see it's you know F3 over K3, and K3 is just a summation of all credits received. Um, that's over in K3, and total credit is just a summation of all your credits, which is column J in this case. I've got the occurrences, which um, you notice I'm using the summation of column D, which is that occurrence flag that I mentioned earlier. So this is just how many trades you've done, and then over in the win count. So this is something. I'm using a formula that is unique to Google Sheets, which is pretty interesting. So, and you'll see, once you see the format of this, it's very similar for everything else I do, right? So for the win count, all I wanna do is count the number of trades where the PNL is positive. So you can see that I have count, right? It's a function of the number of items in column seven, okay? Uh, sorry column L from L7 to you know the end of column L which is the trade PNL so I'm counting the number of PNL items but I'm using something called a filter function right so I have count which is a function and then filter and just google the filter function or when you're typing in filter function you can there's a little question mark you can see which arguments go into the parentheses but essentially I'm filtering the column by a criteria in this case the criteria is that that item in the column is above zero so altogether, this means I'm counting the number of items in column L that are above zero, because in this case, I'm taking a, a PNL above zero to be a win. So it's, it's pretty useful, right? So in this particular, um, right now, the, the way the template's set up, right, there's 161 wins and out of 168 trades. And that lets me very easily do my win rate, which is an H3. The win rate is just the number of winners divided by the number of occurrences. And I believe in this case, um, the loss rate, you can simply do one minus the win rate, or I think that's what I did actually. Um, or I think I just took um, one minus the winners over the occurrences. I mean, there's many number of ways to calculate loss rate and win rate. So um, you can see the formula I have in there right now. Now I have something called theoretical capture rate, which I'll get into in a second after we look at the average winner and average loss. So Basically, remember, for expectancy, you need three things, right? You need the win rate, you need the average win size, and you need the average loss size. So again, this is taking a normalized amount because the dollar amount, depending on the trade as you're sizing up or down, may change. So if you look at J3, you know I have the average of column T, which is that trade multiple, right? but I'm only averaging the uh, ones above zero. Again, I'm using that filter function. So I'm able to take column T, which has wins and losses, but filtering out just the wins and averaging them. So you can see, at least in this instance of the trade log, what I have logged here. Now, these are just dummy trades, right? You can obviously change these for your own purposes. Um, the average win size is 0 0.5, right? 50%. Um, I think that's because there were some early profit takes or how to prune some positions. But anyways, these are just old trades I have here for an example. And the average loss size is 2.1. Again, I'm averaging the multiples, but filtering for the ones that are below zero. This brings us back to the theoretical capture rate, right? Because 
depending on the exact uh, trade size and sometimes slippage or different things that happen, your capture rate may be a little skewed from what's theoretical, right? Because in F5, the actual capture rate is just your PL over total credit. But you might want to be like, hey, if I were to trade this strategy consistently and had this level of you know, the win size and the loss size, like what's what in theory is my capture rate, right? So if you go to I5, you can see there is a very simple expectancy formula, right? H3, which is win rate, times J3, which is the average win size, um, and then plus H5, which is the loss rate, and then times J5, which is the average loss, which is already a negative, right? Because you have to subtract the loss. That gives you the theoretical capture rate. In this case, right now, it's 41.5%, which is very close. I guess it rounds up to the 42%, which is shown in F5 right now. So they happen to be spot on, but you'll notice that you know, in your actual trades, depending on the trade size and different, uh, if you're not consistent, there may be some deviation. But the, the theoretical capture rate is just sort of a gut check to let you know if your trading is kind of on par with what it should be, right? Uh, again, total credit and K3, summation of all the credits, pretty straightforward. Average credit, I don't use this anymore, but I, I just have it there. It's, it's, it's just total credit divided by the number of occurrences. Average DIT, just an average of um, column L. And then PL per contract. This one I don't really use much anymore. It was just more of a way to normalize the PL of like, hey, down to a one contract basis. So you can see, like, I take my raw PL, which is F3, and I just divide it by the average of the contract size in column E. So this one I don't really use anymore. Um, if you want to distill it down to per contract PL, that's what it is. Um, Let's go over the individual columns real quick, and then I'll go over kind of how I'm adding trades, if you want to use this format for my trade log. Um, I've gone over some of these already, but so uh, underlying, these I type manually, right? SPY, whatever ticker, put or call, strike, lot size. These are all very straightforward. The trade date, expiration date, closing date, credit. Um, column J, total credit. Again, if you look at the formula, it's credit per contract times the contract size, which is column E, times 100. I'm, I'm, I'm translating options dollars to actual dollars, okay? And then with cost to close, that's a manual input. Basically, if you, you know, if you closed a trade for three bucks, you type a negative three, or in this case, I had like negative 37 cents, negative 48 cents. Um, PNL is basically, so column L, if you look at the PNL, it's uh, credit minus cost to close, or in this case plus, because I use negative amounts for the cost to close, times 100 times contract size. Pretty straightforward. One thing I want to uh, point out is I'm not, I don't have commissions included. When we go over the dashboard and the trade lock at the command center, I think I have commissions included. Those are approximations. You don't need to be that exact. Again, for me, I just want to kind of know the big picture, and you know that commission takes a few percentage points off or depending on the size of your trade. Um, so this is not super detailed. I think for the most part, like you just want to log and get some high-level metrics. Um, but anyways, this is the trade PNL formula in column L. Column M, this is an aggregation, so very simple. If you look at the formula, it's basically the PNL for the current trade, which is you know whatever row you're on, plus whatever your total aggregate PNL was for the last trade, right? So you, if if, I, if I'm on column Actually, let's scroll up here. So if I'm, if I'm on row eight, for example, which is the very top trade in this log, right? 
the aggregate credit is just the credit from the current row, M9, or sorry, I8, plus the aggregate credit from the previous, whatever the aggregation was, the, the row below it, right? So J9. Um, anyways, take a look at the, um, the formula and, and you'll see what I mean. Basically, you're just taking the previous amount and adding the current amount. Same thing with the aggregate PL. Same thing with the aggregate premium capture. All the aggregations are just the current amount for that trade plus the previous one. Um, delta premium capture, column P is just the difference between the current one and the previous one. Nothing too fancy there. Now these, the next ones for the DTE and the DIT, these are actually pretty neat because the DTE, remember, it's just your closing date minus the entry date, right? So you can see it's G8, for example, G8 minus F8, right? Expiration date. So DT is expiration date minus whatever date you entered. And then DIT is just a closing date, in this case, H8 minus F8, right? So uh, Google Sheets, and I think maybe Excel too, you can actually just subtract dates and it'll give you the difference in the days between those two dates. So pretty, pretty neat. Uh, PNL per day is just the PNL divided by the number of days in trade. And then the multiple, um, column T, I think I explained this one, is you take the PNL, column L, divided by the credit you received, which is J8, and that normalizes it. So again, you know, when I'm going with these things, obviously these things change over time, and I think I would hope that you have a basic understanding of Excel. So if you just click around and explore the formulas, you'll, you'll get the general idea. This template will give you an overarching picture, or at least somewhere to start, right? Because I know it's a little daunting if you're just starting out and if you've never logged before, it's like, how do I put a trade log together? But I think knowing this, seeing the way I put it together, and if you just know some basic formulas and Google Sheets or Excel, you'll be able to kind of use this as a springboard and, and do things your, yourself. Right. Last thing before we go, um, how do you enter a trade? Now, if you are going to do, let's say you like doing regular chronological order and you want to have a trade, a new one added at the bottom, just scroll to the bottom, you know, copy a row and paste. And the formula is all going to basically persist and you can just input. But if you, you know, have a lot of trades and want to scroll down every time, very quick, uh, the way I do it is, so the way I've broken it down, because the top seven rows are static, row eight is basically the top trade in this group. You simply, you know, at the left-hand side of Google Sheets, you know, you right-click on the eight and you insert one row above, and that's gonna create a blank row, right? Everything's gonna get pushed down, right? What was in row eight will be pushed down to row nine, and you have row eight as a blank, right? And then you simply go to row nine, copy that trade, um, you just, if you click on the nine in the very left-hand side, that will highlight the whole row. You just copy control C and then paste it into row eight. And that will just duplicate the previous trade, but it will put it at the top of all of the trades. And that means all the formulas will be persisted. And all you have to do is go in and edit the info for the new trade, right? The new strike, the new trade date, expiration date, closing, all of that. But all the formulas will be there, the aggregations will basically persist. So for me, that's kind of the process I go through. It's very mechanical, very consistent. And you know, with something like Data Engine, you're closing 
one or two trades once in a while, or maybe occasionally with a big, you know, green day, you'll close like three or four. So the process of logging isn't, uh, isn't too much work. Um, once you have something like this set up where the, the, the workflow is very consistent and all you're doing is adding a trade, updating the metrics or the info and the metrics, the aggregations will all kind of persist and just stay there. And because, um, one last thing I'll point out, uh, so that you don't have to always change the road that's being referenced. And I'll, I'll, I'll use one specific example because it's going to apply to all of them. Notice that right now, again, in this trade log, I have seven rows, which are kind of static information, and rows eight through, you know, whatever other trades. Um, if we look at, for example, the total credit in K3, I'm doing a summation of all the credits in column J, okay? But notice I'm starting from J7, right? Where J7 is not actually, row seven is not an actual trade. The reason is because Google Sheets knows that row seven is not an actual number, so it won't include that in the actual math. But the reason I am starting from row seven is because of that process I do of inserting a trade in row eight Every time I insert, it's going to push everything down, but the formula knows to capture everything in that entire column, including, you know, I, I'm, I basically inserted an intermediate column in this case, right? Uh, sorry, an intermediate row. So when I add a new trade, you know, it populates row eight. All the previous trades get pushed down, right? So whatever was in row, let's see, right now this goes to row 175. It becomes row 176. But because the summation formula um, the way I've done this, right, you see in here, it says J7, and then there's a colon, and then J. I don't specify an end row, right? It knows to just pull the entire column no matter what. That means that every time you insert a new trade, that new value, the entire column, will remain in the aggregation. So all of the metrics that are being aggregated in these formulas at the top, they will automatically include all of the trades. So you don't have to increment the row number every single time. So just kind of a little trick that, I, that I'm using here. Um, so I think that about covers it. Again, this is the trade log template at uh, TradeBusters, www.thetradebusters.com. If you wanna use a template for yourself, you know, you go to that tab and at the top you click file and you can make a copy, right? It, that will save a private copy. You can copy it to your own version of Sheets um, where you have your trades. Um, hopefully this is helpful. Uh, the next episode or next couple at some point, it's going to be on the Trinity Command Center, which I've mentioned before, which is sort of the trade logs for closed trades and open positions and the risk calculator all built into one, um, one kind of uh, Google Sheets page, if you will. So you have everything together and that helps you manage your entire book for the data engine and bomb shelter and everything. So that's it for today. As always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit the trading page I mentioned. Uh, you can find the strategy, mechanics, the trade log templates, various essays I've written, and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.